from Relay FM. This is the Pen Addict episode 218. Today's show is brought to you by Pen Chalet and Squarespace. The Pen Addict is a weekly show where we discuss pens, paper, and the analog tools we love so dearly. And let me introduce you to somebody that I love even more dearly than pens and paper, Mr. Brad Dowdy. Oh, I love you too, Mike Hurley. Not more than pens, though, right? That's fine. That's fine. I get it. I yeah, it's cool. Not not more than pens and paper. So that's oh, cool. That's cool. I mean, that's you know, cool. unrequited love. It, it happens to all of us. <laughs> oh man! So, um, you got an interesting pen that I want to talk about right out the gate mm-hmm. because I've had this come up more since we've initially talked about it, and it's the Platinum Plazier. So, why don't you, uh, why don't you tell me what happened with uh, the Plazier once we were talking about like I think it was an old Ask TP, TBA question, right, for like a beginner fountain pen type of thing. It came up there, and then also. Uh, on I think maybe the last episode or like the last episode we had the pen chalet or the one before that we had the plazier as a deal uh, it was Ron's deal of the yeah, week, yeah yeah was the platinum plazier um and I mentioned that I'd never had one I'd never used one anything like that and then Ron said to me oh, what's your address I'm sending you some of these things so <laughs> he he sent me a couple of the plaziers and I've had them for for a week or so um I have the 05 and the 03. Mm. So can you explain that a little bit for the listener? What is the differences here? Sure. So 05 is Japanese fine and 03 is Japanese extra fine. Very simple. Right. Okay. So uh, the 05 feels kind of broadish to me. I don't know if something's just changed over my time here, but like it's quite, (laughs) it's a relatively thick line. It feels like a medium or something. That was hilarious. So, I don't know. I don't know, but it's nice. I like them both. Um, I have like a silvery color and a blue color. Mm-hmm. They, let me get the actual names of these colors because I can actually get them from the Penchalet's website. I'll put a link uh, to, to the to the pens on Penchalet in the show notes. But yeah, I have like Oh, I'm, two... getting, I'm, getting, I'm getting corrected. Oh, okay. 03 is fine. 05 is medium. 02 is the EF. I'm I sorry. win. Thank you, chat room. I win. My instincts. Mike was right. My instincts are now better than than your knowledge. Uh, I got the frosty blue and the mm-hmm. gunmetal. I really like the gunmetal one. It's a kind of a, a mirrored, and they're not very expensive. I mean, Ron's got them up as we record about seventeen dollars um, on Pen Chalet. and I gotta say, for that price, this is absolutely excellent pen. Like flat out, like I can't believe that they're that they're that cheap. Um, yeah, it's an aluminum aluminum barrel pen. It's super lightweight. Feels for, great for my tastes. I would put this over the Metropolitan as a as a beginner's pen. Still not sure whether I would put it above the Lamy. Um, the Safari Lamy Safari. I've had so much experience with over the years that, that kind of tips it a little bit for me. I think maybe after using the the Plazias a little bit more, I would change my mind. But I like a lot of this pen. I like how light it is. I like the cap. It's pretty cool. Like the the mechanism's pretty nice to put the cap on and off. And I like the. I mean, I love the little P that they put on the nibs. And yeah, and the nibs yeah, like are kind that. of short and squat, which is kind of quite different looking. Um, I think it's a really, it is a flat out great pen and it has the great, um, what is the style of this cartridge? What is it called? When it's the, it's like got the big fat end on it as opposed to like the the thinner end. You know what I'm talking about? It's just a, yeah, it's just a proprietary platinum cartridge. Oh, this is their own. Okay. Yep. 
I was thinking it was kind of like the Namiki ones. I mean, they're kind of uh-huh. like it in design, but the end part is different. Sure. I found that out just as soon as I opened it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the the reason why I don't put it ahead of the Metropolitan and even the Safari is because for someone who's never used a fountain pen and wants to try one, there's a little bit more of um, a normalcy, if you will, in the Metropolitan as far as feel goes. Right, you don't the plat the plazier is so light, you don't have that sturdy feeling that makes you feel like you know when someone's just trying a fountain pen, fifteen dollars is a lot of freaking money to try this out. So you want to feel something substantial, and if you spend like twenty dollars on the plazier and you feel this lightweight thing, and you don't really know what you're getting or what it's all about, mm-hmm. I could see a little bit of a hesitancy. So that's why I put the I really put the metropolitan the eco and the safari ahead of it but it's also one of those pins where it could be my favorite one out of all four right there's that's that's where the difference lies of the ones that i have i definitely like the 05 the most it's a smooth it's smoother um Mm -hmm. which makes sense considering my tastes over the years you know going for mediums and broads um and and i really like it i did want to just point out a couple of things that you wrote in your original review of this pen in 2013 he said, not only does it feature a lightweight, silky smooth aluminium body, it also has an innovative cap that allows the pen to be stored for a year without drying out. What's happening there? So they have a, um, it's just like a seal that's built inside of the cap. And other companies do this too, to where, so you have your external cap and then inside you'll see a lot of times, especially in demonstrator pens, you probably can't see it in the plazier. You'll see like this clear little uh, cone that's in there. So that's made when you push in the pen to the cap, they actually have a spring in the top that's in the very tip of the cap and it locks in that internal cone, like around the base of the nib section. You know how that's like a flat part around there. So it seals all that together and puts pressure on it. So no air gets in there. It's like an airtight seal. Um, and if you look at some of platinum's, um, like the 3766, you can see the spring in the cap to where you're pushing it in and it, um, it just really locks down that seal to, to prevent the air from getting in there and drying out your nib. And it flat out works. I use, a I, I've seen that happen just many, many times from picking up a, a platinum pen that, that I haven't used in ages and it just rid writes right away. It's great. I think that's one of the other benefits to like a kind of a starter pen, you know, that it can just last and it doesn't dry that's out. That's true. I think that's a really good benefit to people that maybe don't use them very often. Yeah, that's a good good point. Uh, you also said, I've been very happy with the plays here and it will continue to see frequent use. So that was three years ago. Uh, has that been the case? No, I think I gave it away. <laughs> and I guess that's just because at that time you were very green on fountain pens. So mm-hmm. I guess at that time it was like, this is perfect. But now you have, you know, you're not a beginner anymore. I will say this. I have a, a O2 Preppy on my desk that I use constantly. What's the difference between the Plazier and the Preppy? The barrel. It's the same nib. Okay. So that's also why I that's also why the Plazier comes in in a weird spot because the the Preppy's about four dollars. It just looks like it has a four dollar barrel. It doesn't have the fancy barrel. So it's like the middle. It's like a step up from the Preppy, right? Oh, definitely. Okay. Just in barrel zone, you're going to get the same nib experience from them. Huh. But that's how good their nibs are. That I use the Preppy all the time. It sits on my desk. 
And they're cool little looking things. But they are cheap looking things. Oh, I love them. <laughs> they are. They have the the standard uh, tacky um, printed barrels. But that's fine. You know, what do you want for a $4 pen? At least the, the nibs are color coded. I like that. They are. They are. So my blue black has like a blue black uh, anodizing on the nib. It's killer. That seems like a feature that's a little bit more advanced than $4. That's why they sell so many of them. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, yeah, I, I give the Plazier a big thumbs up from me as a, as a beginner pen. I, I will recommend this to more people, I think. Yeah. No, it's definitely something to look at. And if you want to uh, surprise your office with um, a bunch of fountain pens, I know the uh, the Pilot Varsity is a choice for a lot of people. Um, I would go with the Platinum Preppy. Yeah, Definitely. And just leave leave those around the office and let people pick them up and go, oh, what is this? Because once they start writing, they're really not going to stop. I mean, I've had this thing sitting nib up uh, on my desk. I can't tell you how long, and every time I pick it up, it writes. So last week, we spoke about the DC Pen Show. There was one more company mm-hmm. and product that you got some time with that we didn't cover last week. Do you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, I wanted to give them a kind of a, a special shout out, but I met uh, Vito with Story Supply, which we've talked about them before yep. when they launched their Kickstarter for their notebooks. And they he sent me a bunch of notebooks, um, super nice guy. And he told me he was coming to the DC Pen Show and, I, you know, that we had to meet up and I was super anxious to meet him. And uh, he's just he's just a fantastic individual. They la- launched a new product at the show, which, you know, I I wanted to to be sure to pick up, but they they launched a dot grid pocket notebook, and their their previous pocket notebooks they're really good. They have like this ivory paper. They were like somewhat fountain pen friendly, like they weren't like amazing like rodeo fountain pen friendly, but like really good fountain pen friendly, and you know everything else um works well. You know, with if it's fountain pen friendly, pretty much everything is going to work well with it. Sometimes, you know, when you get into Rhodia and it's too slick, um, you know, graphite doesn't work well on that. But that's not how these are. Um, so they came out with the um, dot grid, and you were funny. You were talking about like the linen covers um, with the what's the E E K? Is that where we're going yeah. with matches the Raven's wing? So these have that linen cover too. Um, it's the Nina Royal Sundance linen cover. And um, the paper is 70-pound Cougar Natural Smooth Paper. Ooh. I'm using the fountain pens that I bought at the DC Pen Show, the Optima, which has a fine nib. And the, I'm sorry, the Optima has an EF nib, and the Omos 360 has a fine nib. And I'm getting no bleeding or feathering on these dot grid papers. It's called the Edition 407. Um, I love their, their tagline is strong enough to hold big ideas, small enough to fit in your pocket. So they launched those along with the notebook covers, which are really good. They're just your, your standard leather fold over color cover that you see a lot, but, um, they fit the pocket memo size. So I have, um, I bought two notebook covers and two sets of notebooks and I'm going to give some of those away. Um, you know, I like to buy some extra things to give, uh, to give away so i bought one to keep for myself and one to give away so um i just thought um meeting hanging out with video um was very very cool experience last week and i wanted to give him a special shout out and uh you know thanks for buying me a beer beer video i appreciate it so i wanted to just uh reference something that i thought was quite 
quite funny to me. It's a little bit of follow-up as well. People have been asking me a lot recently, like, what pens are you going to use to sign X paperwork with? You know, because buying a house <laughs> needs lots of paperwork to be signed. I mentioned last week about my insurance thing. I just need to sign insurance paperwork and and I need to, you know, we're looking at getting married at some point in the not too distant future and thinking of, you know, me thinking about that. And we spoke about that, right? Like I wanted to see if I could try and, as the time comes, look into what ink I would need to get and if I could use my own pen to sign with. But uh, I wanted to just to go over some of the stuff that I've been doing with the paperwork that I'm doing in the interim. So one thing that <laughs> I'm doing a lot of is using my iPad and my Apple Pencil because nothing needs to be printed, nothing needs to be scanned. So I'm like using apps like PDF Pen or whatever, and I'm just filling out and signing it all that way. Like that has been kind of the main way that I've been doing this stuff at the moment because it means I can get things done quicker. But I don't have a printer and scanner at home, so I need to be able to use these tools. And and it's actually been yeah. for me really good because then I can save the PDFs and all that stuff and send them back, and it's been really good. But there is some stuff that has to be on paper. So I was signing some accountant's paperwork the other day, and I realized that every pen that I picked up, which was like one of my lovely fountain pens, had ink in them that was unsuitable for the job because it mm. was either bright orange, bright blue, highlighter ink, <laughs> green with gold flakes, blood red, or bright green. And I realized, um. oh, <laughs> none of my pens have suitable ink for signing stuff, like my fountain pens. <laughs> So I ended That's up so going true. with uh, my trusty Retro 51s, right? Because they've always got blue or black ink in them. And I mean, and they're great for that sort of stuff. But, you know, I was thinking about like, what what special pen? Oh, I'll use my, uh, I'll use my Edison or something to, to sign all this stuff. I was like, oh, no, the Edison has red ink in it. So that's no good for the job. And I just thought it was really funny that I have all these pens, all these fancy pens. People keep asking me like, oh, what are you going to sign with? What are you going to sign with? But I can't use any of them because all the inks that I own are more exciting than just a regular blue black <laughs> or something. Yeah, so when you when it comes down to it, you're going to have to get some um some legit ink cuz yep. because to follow up your follow up in our STPA, which we're going to do um after our break, but I want to go ahead and get this one in. First, um John who originally brought this question up, who is a uh, priest, uh, he's a minister in the Church of England who brought this up, you know, when we first originally talked about it. So he's saying he he followed up after our, our last conversation saying that you will probably have to use registrar's ink. The standard is by ecclesiastical supplies. Diamine makes one, too, which some people seem to use with no legal repercussions yet. So I don't know how um, how strict they are on on that. But then the interesting part, which I this is the first I've heard of that, is you're going to need five people to sign the wedding register. You, your yeah. partner, the registrar, and two witnesses. So what I've advised people to do is buy separate pens for each witness for them to keep. One couple bought Lamy logos and had them engraved. So that was, I, uh, I didn't realize there that. was five pens involved in this entire thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, that doesn't have to be five and pens. That's, that's there just are five the wedding people. register thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so but it looks like um, you're really, really going to have to get that ink, though. If you're gonna go, yeah. if you're gonna go fountain pen, I mean, I got, unless they just provide it for you. Yeah, well, they will provide a pen, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know, but I want to make my own. So when when it gets to that time, I'll be looking into 
the ink i'll be talking to the registrar and stuff making sure i get the ink that they want and then i'll be bringing pens but yeah having them for gifts for the witnesses is a is a is a good idea and i'll probably do that so i'll buy maybe something super fancy for me and adina to sign with uh and then some stuff that's mildly fancy for our for our uh, witnesses right right that's funny about the the inks uh i i don't run into that too much because I usually have something with blue black, but um, it's it's getting less and less blue black and more brighter colors like orange and turquoise. I don't have <laughs> that, any bottles funny. of blue or black ink, like dark blue. I mean, you need black ink for all this stuff. I don't, I don't think I have a black ink. So I, I mean, mm. I'm using to use stuff that's got cartridges or whatever. I have pens that have uh, black cartridges in them, so I'm having to use all of those because that's all I have. It's really funny right. to me. It's all I own. I definitely don't have black ink loaded up in anything. That's for no. sure. I would have to use the retro. So I've been using the retro. So I'm going to have to think about that as I go down this route a little bit. Too funny. All right. Should we take a break? Yeah. This week's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Pen Chalet. I was mentioning them a moment ago. You know, if you if you have fountain pens, you want to buy roller balls, mechanical pencils, accessories, Pen Chalet have got them. And they have great prices. So we were talking about all those uh, starter pens. Like, you want to get yourself one of the Blazers or uh, Preppy, you can go to Pen Chalet and get them. And you can get great discounts, which we'll talk about in a moment. But you can also get... Great free shipping. Any order over fifty dollars, you buy a lot of platinum preppies to get a uh, uh, shipping free shipping there. But you never know. I mean, you could, you could fill it up for all other kinds of stuff as well, which I thoroughly recommend. Could you get free shipping on orders over fifty dollars in the United States? They also sell internationally. They have great shipping rates. But most importantly of all, Penchalet have a one hundred percent satisfaction guarantee on their high quality pens that they sell at low prices they have generally just low prices in gen like that's how they that's how they run that's how they work but they also do a bunch of discounts as well twice a month they have great discounts specials they have closeout specials every two weeks they're always adding new stuff as well talking about new stuff we have some new stuff in our offer today some hot off the press pens you go to penchalet.com you want to click the podcast link at the top of the website you enter the password pen addict there and you will find the code that you need to Save 10% on anything you buy at Pen Chalet. But as you go down that page, you will find some special offers for Pen Addict listeners. This week, we have the Caveco Skyline Fountain Pen in purple, pink, and white available to you. And we also have the brand new Caveco Student Fountain Pen in the clear demonstrator model. These discounts are so special, I actually can't tell you the price on the podcast, you have to go to penchalet.com right now, hit that podcast link and use the password penaddict to get those details. I do want to say the Caveco skyline in that pink, that is fire, man. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Re- regardless of what we say, the price is the pins are still cool. Um, I love the skyline models where they branched out a little bit to the, um, the colors that they use for the classics. So these are like the, um, the more interesting colors, if you will. So yeah, the purple, I've seen the pink one. They're crazy good looking. Um, that's my kind of pen. I love them for a pocket pen and the student, the new student I haven't used. It's been on my radar with the demonstrator model. So that's one I need to check out. That's a very different for Caveco looking pen. And, uh, I think it looks really fancy. So, yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. That's something they've they're I think they're trying to expand that lineup a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, um, after this demonstrator model as well. Like if that's something they're going to continue to expand on, because, you know, we all love their pocket size pens. That's what they're mostly known for, but they have some legitimately good full size pens. Um, and this is one of them. So go check it out for yourself. Go to penchalet.com right now and find out more. Thank you so much to penchalet for the support of this show. 
All right. So over the last couple of weeks, we've had a, a good built up of um, some STPA. So, you know, if your question's been sitting in my inbox or in, in the spreadsheet, um, I think we're going to get to most of them today. And this first one is really interesting. And I never thought about this until Gareth just brought it up. And um, where is the fountain in a fountain pen? <laughs> Michael. I have no idea. <laughs> I saw this one and had to put it in there. I was hoping you were going to hit me with some strong knowledge. I, man, I got nothing other than it's it's just got to be somehow related to the ink delivery system, you know, with the capillary action and the and the way the the ink flows through the um through the feed and out the nib. It has to be somehow related. Maybe it flowed so well it was like a fountain as compared to any other writing instrument at the time i don't know yeah because <laughs> so that's a really good question I there's didn't nothing look it up. like a fountain really you know like it's not the ink isn't pouring out maybe when they were first made they couldn't get the systems right so the ink just poured out of them like a fountain how about that <laughs> that's that's my that's my thinking for how the name came around that's good well right now it's in the 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 fountain of dollar bills that's raining out of my wallet yeah you um, is the only fountain uh in fountain pens i have right now you shouldn't buy your pens in dollar bills like <laughs> that's a lot of dollar bills man you should that's a lot of dollar you bills should, you should either coins. use credit cards or like get get larger bills than one dollar so you must really upset everyone at the pen shows if you're doing that <laughs> one two <laughs> <laughs> that would be rough yep all right this next one this next one from robbie is can you recommend a new diary for 2017 for me not a hobonichi currently use a file of facts but want something different so the answer is no i cannot recommend a new diary oh. for you no i'm just kidding I'm just kidding. Oh. I, I'm just not a I'm not a diary guy, but I will say that Rhodia and Quovatis make some of the best ones in various formats. Wonderful paper. Um, what I might do next year, Mike, is buy one of the um, field notes, the blank ones, where you can just put in your own day and week. Right? We talk about how I don't do fixed um, pages and plannings, planners. Um, the the field notes model that is blank and you'd put in your own you know week whatever you know week 11 you know february 10th whatever things like that as you go that might work better for me so i'm actually look at that i've seen a couple posts shared a couple links around using that type of format that might actually work better for me as opposed to a fixed format but i would look at rhodia and quo Vadis for your diary needs that's not a hobonichi so you're talking about the uh, 56-week planner field notes one. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, yes, which you can pick up now and start it, right? You don't have to wait for a 2017. I always forget that this product exists. Mm-hmm. So I, I linked to a post a couple of weeks ago in the members newsletter about how this one gentleman was using his, and I thought, that's kind of cool. Like, I, this is something I can get behind to where I'm more in charge of the dates that get down. I don't know. That's just a thing with me. So that's a that's a pretty good thing. You just can't be boxed in, man. I can't. I got a room for you, Michael. They can't control you. They can't hold you down. You can't be confined to some kind of uh, Roman calendar schedule. You're the Brad Dowdy schedule. That's right. That's right. My schedule or no schedule at all. Yep. Which is pretty much no schedule at all. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Our good friend, Hot Couple Loving. I love that name. Is there anything you two would do differently with the podcast if you could go back to the beginning? So I I didn't have much time to think about this, but I thought it was a super interesting question. And and you you said the obvious answer. So what do you, what do you what do you say? I would have had you on the audio equipment that you currently are on. <laughs> <laughs> also, I would have uh, I would retroactively like to change my accent. 
because it to me sounds miles better now than what it sounded like before. I'll talk you like this. Hello, Brad. Welcome to the Pen Addict. <laughs> It's me, it's me, Mike. Early on on the show, that's that's what I sound like to myself now. Uh, I can't stand it. I hate listening back. Yeah, if I could go back, I actually I would I would like that accent. So that would be instead of my my southern, you know, barely southern drawl. Um, yeah, I would if I could go back. I would learn Mike's original. No accent way, for no the show. way. People tune in mess. to hear your southern drawl. That's what they want to hear. Yeah. That's what they're tuning in for. But as far as you know technical stuff or content stuff. Um, I don't know that I would do anything differently. Um, I approach this podcast as wanting to have fun, right? So we don't keep it necessarily highly structured in like this on a very rigid format. And I think that's one of the best things about it. It's just kind of a conversation between two friends who are into this stuff. Yeah. And, um, and anything that has come out of this show format wise has been natural. Right. So if there's anything I would do differently, I don't I don't think there is because I really like how the show's progressed over time and I, I can't think of anything I would change to be perfectly honest. The fact that we're still growing shows that there's probably not much that needs to needed to ever be changed because we, yeah, we are still going by this point where I've had other shows that have not continued to do that. So this is what I'm basically saying is the Pen Addict is the one true perfect podcast. Mm. Which I think we all knew Wonderful. anyway. Yeah, we are perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of perfect, Andrew wants to know what will be the best replacement for the field notes byline once it's gone. Dun dun dun. So people are already stressing over the byline, like our friend Anthony I mentioned on the last episode, yep. buying four, fourteen Panic packs buying. of them. Um. So the uh, right notepads, uh, reporter. I don't have the exact name of it, but we can look that up. It's a wonderful looking book, um, very similar in style, not as fountain pen, pen friendly of a paper, but as far as if you want that format of book, it's virtually identical. Um, outside of that, I love either traditional steno pads or A5 top bound pads like the knock, uh, the knock uh, dot dash pad that we have, the field note steno pad that they make and the uh, Doan paper. Um, steno pad that uh, Chad makes, so I like those top bound A five type of books, but they're not as they're not as skinny as the byline. Yeah, the the right one is just called the reporter's notepad. Okay, and that's the closest, I guess, uh, format wise. If you're looking for format, Vir- virtually identical format. Yep. But if what you're looking for is paper quality, then you might be better off with one of your pads, mm-hmm. because you know even the field note steno it's a different paper to what's in the in the by in the byline. So true all right so ben wants help deciding on his next fountain pen would you guys go with a sailor pro gear slim or a pilot custom heritage he wrote 96 i'm thinking he means 92 so pro gear slim even though the pilot's not much bigger and probably not any heavier i think it's maybe a tick too small in relation so my choice is the Pilot Custom Heritage 92. Hmm. Um, I have better luck with Pilot Nibs right out the box. I like the style of it better. Um, you know, it's just kind of an all-around really, really good pen that I use very frequently. It also has a piston filling system, hmm. which the Sailor's cartridge converter, it's kind of not close to me. 
Interesting. Um, to be quite honest. I mean, I don't have any um, experience with the custom heritage. Um, what I like about the sailors is that there's a lot of different color options and they're exciting looking. Yes. Where I think yes. the pilot custom heritage line is not exciting looking. I think it's kind of boring. Yeah, it's demonstrator only in about four different colors, maybe. Maybe five. No more than five. The... um. It's just a better pen, in my opinion. Okay. But I'm a huge Sailor fan. I just go straight to the regular Pro Gear. I, I, I would skip the Slim, and I own a couple Slims. I just don't use them. They're actually probably going to go on the on the for sale, for sale block pretty soon, just because I don't love that size. I don't know why uh, Ben is deciding to go Slim with it. Like why? Mm-hmm. Because the Pro Gear is a, still a very small pen. Mm-hmm. It's probably a, a it's a price point range. Those ah, are like in yeah. the one. Those are in the one forty range, right? When you're getting up to over two for the standard pro gear. That's a really good point. I I, I just silly me. I I didn't think it was a pricing. I just yeah, yeah, it was yeah. A size Those thing, are but. those are in the yeah. Those are in the same bracket. Yeah. So in that bracket, I would choose the ninety two. If for some reason you could swing a regular, if this question was regular pro gear or ninety two, I go regular pro gear. All right. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so Wordworm wants to know, any notebook suggestions for long writing projects like novels? Current EDC is Twisby Eco and the Kalito for editing. This is a hard one for me because the ones I want to recommend, like the Nanami paper products, right? The Crossfire, like you have, have the most paper and have the wonderful Tomoe River I don't think they're necessarily good for like a writing project, like a novel. The paper's too thin. If you're going back and editing, you're going to have an issue. I think, and this is kind of an insane choice, but this is what I'm going to go with. I'd go for a Leuchtturm Master. Are you familiar with the Master? No. Look it up while I ramble on. It is a bigger than A4 hardbound notebook. Whoa. So it is a huge thing. But what that allows you to do for a writing project, it gives you space. So you can, and it'll handle your Twisby Eco, fine. Um, It'll give you space to roam. Oh, he's a big boy. I'm seeing some pictures. (laughs) I'm like just looking on Google, people's hands next to these things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's going to give you the room for you know, call outs. It's going to give you room for editing. That's a really good, that's a really, really good call actually. Yeah. It's going to give you room to play. Um, you know, if you're writing, if you have a novel writing project, there's going to be so much going back and forth. You're going to want the dur- greater durability than something like one of the seven C's, uh, the seven C's writer or the cross field or anything like that. Even though those are pretty cool. I would go for the big boy like the master. And they're not, I mean, and when I say that, they're they're not outrageously priced. They're fairly priced. They're just a very large size notebook. So you're so. paying for the extra size. I mean, I would have said uh, the Nanami Crossfield just because it's the most pleasant notebook that I own. Um, uh, mm-hmm. it, it is the one that gives me the nicest kind of just feeling just to generally write in because of the Tomorrow River mm-hmm. paper. Um, but it probably is too thin for a long project like that. I can imagine this paper getting quite battered over time um, because it's so thin and I guess maybe a little bit more fragile because of that, if fragile is the right word to use, maybe delicate. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe a novel project, 
delicate is maybe I don't know. It just feels like that's not right. Um, Correct. But I would have recommended that was my consideration. Yeah, I would have recommended it because it is just if I was going to be writing in something every day for two years, this might be what I would pick for that. Which is mm-hmm. why I assume that the uh, the Hobonichis are so popular, <laughs> right? <laughs> because right. it's long term writing, you know. So, mm-hmm. but it's I, I don't know if the, I, I don't know if it would be the right thing for this, but it could be. It could be, you know. As I say, the, the Hobonichis are an example of this paper being used over long periods of time. So. Um, I, I don't know, but I think that this Lodge term one makes a lot of sense to me for the reasons that you said, because you could write in the middle of the pages and then give yourself a ton of space around the outside. Right. Yeah. That's a cool book. Really good call, actually. Yeah. I actually have one that I, I've been scared to crack open because it needs a legitimate use. It's not a, let me jot this down use. So yeah, it's still you're sitting not, in the, uh, the only, plastic wrapping. If what you're jotting down is a thousand words each time, you're good to go. <laughs> but if you're just, you know, if you're just writing the shopping list, I don't think this is going to be a very useful book for you. <laughs> it's a flat out amazing product, though. I think huge. I think I've wonderful. never seen it before. I don't think I've ever mm-hmm. heard of it. Mm-hmm. All right. So this next bin, I don't know if he's related to the first bin, but he wants to know his first good fountain pen for daily use: Lamy Two Thousand Pilot Vanishing Point or tactile turn gist with the uh the titanium grip section and so what do you what do you think on this one i think i know the answer and i'm pretty sure i'm gonna agree i think i think ben's maybe going too far for a first for a first good fountain (laughs) pen for daily use i think that all of these would be a great choice but i think that it's maybe too much I mean, I don't know what Ben's parameters are here. Like, I don't know if he's been using Twisbees a bunch or whatever, you know. But if you're coming from Plazier, Preppy, maybe some Kavecos, I might recommend that this would be the second round of pens that you go for um, and would maybe suggest something like a Twisby instead. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. But if, if you're coming from that kind of world or you're really, you know, dead set on this, I mean, like my first serious fountain pen was a vanishing point, uh, probably for similar reasons that Ben is doing it. I really wanted something nice. Um, I am going to say for this one, uh, I don't think we're going to agree. I'd say Lamy 2000. It's the Lamy 2000 and it's okay. not close. Okay, cool. I, I I don't know why, just because I've had better experiences overall with the 2000 than you have, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But I think that for the money in this price range, there's no better. Yeah, I, I agree. That's If you want an all-day, everyday, good fountain pen um, for daily use, it's the Lamy 2000. It feels great. It writes wonderfully. It's got a piston filling mechanism. So you will have to have a bottle of ink and it feels the pilot, the feeling and the way that the piston uh, mechanism, when you screw it on and you can barely see the seal, like that build quality in that thing. Yeah. It's, it's kind of unmatched. So as much as I love the vanishing point and I like the tactile turn gist, it's the Lamy 2000 um, yeah. in a runaway. I think one. I think the vanishing point is a mistake for a first nice fountain pen. It's it's too edge case for me. Okay, that's fine. But that that did give me the opportunity to bring up something that I saw at the DC Pen Show for the first time. Our good friend Liz at No Pen Intended. She has a small project that she does where she removes the clips from the pilot vanishing point. So I wanted to be sure you were aware 
that this is a possible and this is possible and this is a thing. And I know she sold a couple of hers at the show and I was very tempted if I didn't have enough vanishing points already. And I, I don't mind the clip as it is. Her work was really cool. So I, right. I put a link in the show notes. I need to talk to Liz. <laughs> I told her, I told her, uh, I would drop this on you. Um, and that, uh, you might be in touch because, uh, that's pretty legit, huh? Yeah. Dro- Liz, drop me a line. We need to talk. <laughs> My problem with the vanishing point is the clip. Everything else, sure. it's incredible, right? Which is why I love the vintage one that Jeff sent me, because I mm-hmm. can use that one because the clip is low profile, but I don't right. need the clip. I never use the clips. I never clip it to anything. So I, you know, I could end up with something really beautiful. Maybe I could get one of those crazy ones. <laughs> what what ones? What are they called? I can't remember the name. Uh, you know the, the uh, oh, they've got Rodden. Oh, <laughs> just go what? all out, man! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Celebrate, Yes, oh, I saw several of those at the uh, the DC yeah, Pinscher. Those bet, always I, look so great in person. Yeah, I bet you did. I'm not surprised. About yeah, that don't at all. even. I mean, if you shop for on, if you look at them online and you enjoy them, don't ever pick one up in person because you will purchase it. Yeah, I, I, I have always wanted one person. of those, but I've held off because I can't, I wouldn't be able to use it, but. Get a clip removed, and uh, that's that's a whole different that's a whole different ball game, my friend. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, should we take a break and then get back to some more? Ask yeah, we got a bunch more to go through, so this will be good. This week's episode is also brought to you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. Start building your website today at squarespace.com and use the offer code INC at checkout to get ten percent off your first purchase. With easy-to-use tools and templates, Squarespace helps you capture every detail of what drives you because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. And let me just point out a couple of key examples for how good Squarespace can be. Let's say that you want to run a really popular blog about pens. Squarespace is a perfect place to do that. Go to penaddict.com, Squarespace website. Let's say that you have a very successful Kickstarter campaign and you need a website for your new company and you need an online store to sell your goods. Go to Notco knock.co, knock.co, and you will find a Squarespace website sitting there. Squarespace give you and Brad all of the tools <laughs> that you need to build a website that is professionally designed, that stays up, has great hosting, looks fantastic, has responsive design built right in, security and stability under the hood taken care of. Regardless of your skill level, doesn't matter what level of skill you've had of websites could be your first website could be a hundredth you could know how to write one line of html code you could know how to build an entire infrastructure it doesn't matter squarespace will be able to take care of you no matter what level you're at if you don't know have any coding experience that's absolutely fine they're drag and drop tools it's built for this it's perfect you can put something together that looks and feels exactly how you want just with dragging and dropping but if you do know how to do this stuff they have a dev platform so you can dig into the code and tweak and tinker and still get the benefits of their fantastic hosting their great templates their 24 7 support their commerce platform their rock solid fast hosting you still get all of that, no matter what level you want to dig into and tinker around. It doesn't matter. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month. You'll get a free domain name if you sign up for a year. And you can try them out with a free trial, no credit card needed. Just go to squarespace.com and you can start building your website straight away before you even commit to a plan. Then when you decide to sign up, use the code INC, INK at checkout. You'll get 10% off your first purchase and you'll be showing your support for this show. Thank you to Squarespace for their continued support of The Pen Addict and Relay FM. And thanks for making my life easier. Yeah, no doubt, right? Because they do. 
All right, so we each, we should have handled this question in relation to the uh, the first topic of the show today around the plays here. But uh, Michael says, I got a Pilot Metropolitan on your recommendation. Now looking at a Twisby Eco, Lamy Safari, and Caveco Sport. Does one stand out above the rest in a medium nib? You want to try? Eco. There, there's if only one look, answer. Yeah, there, if you're looking at those three, if that is your choice, Eco, Safari, and Kaveco, the Eco mm-hmm. is a cut above all three of those. It's like in a category all of its own, but with somehow the same price point. Yeah, that that's the correct answer. It's the Eco. I think the M-Nib um, is better than both the Safari and the Kaveco's M-Nib, um, just because I, like, I enjoy the firmness of the Twisby Eco. Um, without giving you like a crazy wet wide line in a mediums, like still very usable. So I, I definitely think it's the Twisby Eco in this case, which is just and a flat we- out fantastic pen. It's just it really is incredible. Love it, absolutely love yeah. it. But if you don't have a fantastic flat out incredible pen like this, Mike, not you, Mike, um, Mike is looking to sell some pens I don't really use. How or where do you suggest selling them? We get this question all the time, and it's. I really don't like answering this because there's not a perfect answer. Um, I think the there's two choices. One is the Slack, the Panatic Slack, which if you're interested in getting in the Slack, there's a there's a sell trade channel, um, which is very very good. How do people get into the Slack? Yeah, email me uh, or send me a, a tweet or or the contact form on penatic.com. I just need your email address to send the invite to. So get in touch with me to do that. Otherwise, the Fountain Pen Geeks classified board is pretty solid. Um, they do a good job over there. And I think that's outside of that. I mean, you're on your own with like eBay or or Fountain Pen Network. Um, I just never use those things. So there's not a killer, killer answer for this but i think what seems to work the most is the fp geeks and the the panatic slack um sell trade channel so are we going with nil is this nils or niles in in your realm of the wood n-i-l-s nils nils that's what i thought too so i'm going with nils have either of you tried the sailor pro gear Rialo? wanted to get one but read the barrel quality is worse than on the cartridge model i have no idea what this is so the Rialo, <laughs> the Rallo, did we not answer this one? I think we answered this one. I think did you're we? double dipping some of these questions. Am I? I don't know. You I've might ne- have. Well, this is one of those things where I feel like I've never heard of something. <laughs> yeah. So I'm wondering if like these right here, we've already done. <sighs> That's okay. New listeners, new information. But I will tell you, I have not tried the Rialo. It's the shape of the 1911, but it has a piston filler. And I remember after this question, I asked some people about the Rialo and they've never, the people who use the Rialo have never had issues with them. Well, I, so I don't remember this one. So there you go. I now know this information for next time. Yes. Yes. But these are new because these came from the last show. I got a bunch of email as TPAs, which I thought were all wonderful. They're a little bit longer than our, our Twitter style as TPAs. Yep. But, um, let's, let's, we got like three or four of these. We'll get through real quick. So, Hello, Mike and Brad. My name is Dominic, and I just recently got into the pen world and all its wonders. I'm a computer science student, so I spend a big portion of my day glued to a piece of graph paper, and I notice that many of the pens I use aren't that great. We've all been there, Dominic. We've all been there. It says, the kicker here is, 
I am left-handed and I have a small handwriting. So anything with very liquid ink makes my notes look like a Rorschach test, but writing with a pig Pigma micron is unsustainable and I can't use erasables like the pilot friction since we have to use permanent pens for many things. What would you guys recommend? Thanks and keep up the best, keep up the great show and best regards from Germany. In his very specific situation, he's a student, he's left-handed, he uses graph paper, it has to be permanent. I think the only answer is the jet stream, 0.38 or 0.5 millimeter. They're going to be able to handle the fine writing. They have uni super ink technology, which is in all the jet streams now. They write really, really fine, and they're smear-proof. I don't know what else ticks all these boxes, to be honest. I mean, maybe there's something I'm not thinking of, but the permanence, you know, he doesn't say it's mandatory, but we use permanent ink for many things. It sounds like it's all but mandatory. Left Being left-handed, you need something that's not going to smear, which means it needs to dry fast which some liquid inks dry fast as opposed to gels, but you're not going to get them in as fine of a point, and you're definitely not going to get them to have the permanence. So like the Morning Glory 0.38, the Mach 3 0.38, that's a great liquid ink pen that ticks off a lot of these boxes, and it would probably dry quick enough to where your hand wouldn't smear it. It's not going to be permanent. The Jet Pen ink um, will bind to the paper. So I think that's the way to go. You could do 0.5. You don't necessarily need to go to 0.38. Most people who have tried the 0.38 think it's too sharp. Even most people who try the 0.5 think it's too sharp. You could do even do the 0.7 jet stream, which is the one I recommend the most. It's fine enough to um, to to do any of the work that you need to do in a small area. Um, so I I don't really see another option, to be honest. But fortunately, I, I think that's a good choice. That's a good pen that you can use just all the time. Um and it and it checks all the boxes. So you you have anything on that? I mean, being a lefty, I don't know what you, I can think of that you use regularly that has the permanence that he needs. No, I have no no good option for this. Yeah. I, from what you've said, it basically sounds like the best option would be to go with the jet stream. Yeah, and I mean, you know, there's things you can do with fountain pens with extra fine nibs and permanent black inks. Um, I don't know if you're going to get the dry time or the performance you want on the type of paper you're using. It just depends on what type of paper you're using. You could probably, you could probably get away with some Japanese extra fine nibs and some permanent black ink, but um, that wouldn't be my top choice. All right. So Dr. Hans, Dr. Hans is a longtime listener and wants to know about pen storage. He says, Hey Brad, I really enjoy the podcast and have been listening since the pre fountain pen days. That's a long time ago. Says I have a question. I've started to accumulate a lot of gel ink pens, and I'm wondering about the best way to store them so they don't dry out. I've been double bagging the ones that are out of the rotation in Ziploc freezer bags. I've noticed that new pens typically have the tips covered in a little ball of a plastic substance, presumably to keep them fresh while on the shelf. I thought it would be neat to recreate that tip covering for pens in long-term storage and have tried a lot of different glues and other substance substances but nothing will stick to the tip of the refill do you know what can be used for a homemade tip dip this is one of the most amazing questions we ever got from when he started i was like how are we storing all our gel pens then i'm like oh my gosh he wants to recreate the plastic tip covering and i was like i have to read this how amazing is that question for one mike 
I love the fact that somebody wants to do this. Yeah, exactly, like, <laughs> right? It's, I never even considered this, but if he's not using the pins and wants to save them, that's a legitimate question for this show. That's what makes it so awesome. That This is a completely legitimate, realistic question. Do you know anything about those tip covers? No, they just feel very rubbery. So I don't, I don't know what the what the consistency of, of them is. You know, they feel more on the rubbery side as opposed to a plastic side, but I don't know how you would recreate that for storage. Mm. Um, so the chat room has a couple of things. There's um, one thing called tool dip. I don't know what that is. And then we have a E600 glue. So these are things we'll have to look, E6000 glue. We'll have to look these up and see if they will you know, work for the job because I would honestly try this. Not that I would, you know, go through all my gel ink pens and storage and, and seal the tips, but I just want to know if it works or not, because I think it's hilarious. And like, this is like the perfect question for the pen Attic podcast. <laughs> you won't get this anywhere else folks. So yeah, if you, if you're listening to this and you, number one, if you've tried this, you're amazing. Um, number two, if you actually have a real solution for this, I want to hear about it. So get in touch. All right, so Justin has a long one here. I'm going to read through this. It says, I find that I enjoy extra fine nibs all the way up to a 1.1 stub and italic for all types of writing if the nib feels right when I'm using it. So far, I've found that no one brand or size is consistently right for me, but often buy used or vintage due to my budget. So my perspective on brands, quality control, and my own use is limited and likely tainted by previous owner use or care of the pens. One of my favorite pens to write with is a vintage black plastic ideal brand piston fill pen with a steel italic nib that I purchased via online auction. It has the smoothest consistent flow, a lively bouncy nib, and sharp beautiful line var- variation. Point being that this pen was neither expensive nor from a big company known for consistently great pen nibs. Which pens or pens in your collection consistently just makes you grin from ear to ear when you use it? And do you own any pens that completely surprised you the way my boarding, boring little steel italic pen did when you first wrote with it? So that was a long way to get around to saying we all get surprised from time to time with some of the things we purchase or the things we test out that were not what we expect them to be, either in a good or bad way. But this isn't, you know, he's wanting to know in a good way what have you experienced anything like that, Mike, where you just have a pen that you always go to that makes you grin from ear to ear when you use it? Or do you have one that completely shocked you in a, like a really, really positive way? The positive shock I'm struggling with a little bit more, I think, because I have varying levels of like delight with new pens and stuff. Like, But I can't think of like something else. Like, oh, I can't believe this. Maybe like the first time I used a Retro 51, maybe, because I just never... S- seen anything like that before and it kind of opened my eyes up to there being a whole world of pens that could provide me with this kind of feeling uh but i think the one that makes me grin ear to ear is right now is dm90 every time i use Mm. that thing i just absolutely love it which is why i've already blown through i think four cartridges since i got this thing Mm. which is that's that's a lot more than usual for me like the pilot cartridges um i've blown through four of them so Wow, that's that's, that's, great. that's a lot of use for me, you know. So, yeah, I, I absolutely love that thing, and it makes me smile every time I use it. Yeah, so I think the one 
pen that I rarely use these days that always makes me smile is really anything Twisby, especially the 580 AL. That pen always makes me smile and I never use it, but always when I use it, I always have like the best experience with it. Um, you know, I know that's kind of out of left field, but that's when I was thinking about this question is like, you know, I don't have any definitive answers. I don't have like the complete surprise kind of like, kind of like you, but I, I think you will find that more in the vintage stuff that, um, Justin's buying anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but out of the modern stuff, like I don't keep a Twisby inked up on my desk usually. Um, and then when I go, when I get the, the urge to use one and ink it up, I always, always love it. I, it's just one of those things with me. I've always been a, a big Twisby bandwagoner. Um, love the 580 AL. Love that style. Love the shape and the feel of that pen. It's just an all-around good pen. All right, so we're going to wrap it up on this one. So this is from Lisa. She wants to know, what stationary-related items are for you and Mike in this category? You experience replacing them with new and different items, but you find you have to return to them for daily use because they are unique or the best for you and fulfilling a particular role or doing a certain job. So she's saying she uses products. She loves them. She switches out to something else, but invariably goes back to that first product that she loves so much and loves it even more. So her products for that, that she keeps going back to are the Hobonichi Weeks, that's um their smaller planner, I believe. The Notco Lookout, the Zebra Sarasa Clip, and the Tom Ben Synapse 19. Uh, I don't know if that's a backpack or a messenger. I didn't look it up. It says, other things that I love have equivalents. I have some great fountain pens, but the most useful ones are replaced by others that write similarly. I have favorite inks, but none that I can't be without and use other ones instead. Rhodia notepads are great, but so are Apica notebooks, both similarly useful for work, etc. So I thought this was a super question, and I haven't thought about it in this manner, but I do find myself gravitating back to something that I've either filed away or cleaned out or, you know, a notebook I've put on the shelf. Um, do you, is there anything that you can come up with that you have gone back to several times over and at some point you, it's just a permanent thing, right? At some point you figure out, okay, this is the one. Is there anything you have like that? So I have two, uh, but they're com- they're completely obvious, but I guess it should be because if you've been listening to this show, you will have heard me move away from these things, try new things and end up coming back. Field notes. I've tried so many other different types of notebook and I love them. You know, I love other types of notebooks that I've tried but I always end up back at field notes, like for the reasons that I love them in the first place. Their pocketability, their excitement, and the way they make me feel when I use them. They make me happy to use, right? So I always end up back at field notes. I've tried other notebooks for things, just general note taking stuff, and I've always loved them, but I always come back. And the other is Hiroshi Zuku Fuyugaki. Mm. Like, I try other inks and I love other inks, but I, Fuyugaki has been my number one ink for a long time. And when I get a new pen, I have to have in my mind a good reason to not put Fuyugaki in it. <laughs> and so I think they're the ones for me. And this is a great question. And it, it doesn't surprise me that my immediate answers for these two things are the obvious ones because that's how it is, right? But with Retro, Retro 51 is one that probably people thought that I was going to bring up. But I never leave Retro 51. I never go <laughs> away from them. 
you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, so mine is one of uh, the newer purchases. And, and you know, you're right. It is going to be a little bit more more obvious than you, than you would think. But the, the Pilot Custom 823, I learned pretty quickly that that pen is indispensable f- to me, um, just the way it feels and the way it writes. Whenever I've inked it up and used it all and cleaned it out and set it down to use something else... I come back to it so fast, like usually within days, um, just because I miss having it inked up. So that's one I know for a fact is just always going to be there um, no matter what. It just, I, I can't put it down. And when I do, I miss it. Um, the other thing, it's, it's really two other things, and they're both kind of um, carrying things. One is the self-pimp Notco Brasstown because the six pens plus the extra room to carry a few other things is always the right amount for me. It seems like I've tried to cut down to three, but I always end up with like five or six. So, you know, I put the brass town away sometimes and try to go to a smaller case like a lookout or Sinclair. I always go back to the brass town and I brought the same one I've had since the Kickstarter prototype days um, to DC you know, that's, it's the one I carry all the time. It's orange exterior and mango interior, which we only did like early in the beginning. And I, it still looks perfect, you know, like three years on. So I, I always go back to that case. And then the, um, the Doan mountain briefcase, like I always go back to that bag. Um, I'll flip into like a more traditional backpack sometimes, but I always end up going to the, uh, the Doan mountain briefcase because they, um, it, it fits like, how I carry things in that bag very well. So those are the things that I always come back to, even if they're put away for a minute or longer, um, they always end up back in the rotation easily. And um, that's how you know they're good. You bet. All right. Well, that was a bunch of questions, man. We had a, sorry, some of them was a little delayed. You know, we end up getting busy, you know, with our shows and, you know, having the, the DC pregame and the postgame. And so we finally got into an episode where we can load it up with some ask TPA, but always keep those ask TPA questions coming. We save them all and we try to get to as many as we can. So uh, Mike, why don't you tell them how they can get us that and how they can get us otherwise. So you can uh, tweet with the hashtag ask TPA. That's how you can get those questions into our little document. If they're quick, if they're longer, you can send an email to Brad. Brad, what's the right email address for that? Uh, hello at pinac.com. So that's a good way to get the longer questions. Um, if you have any follow-up as well, you can always get in touch with us over Twitter. I'm at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Brad is at dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M. Where did dowdyism come from, by the way? I have no idea. It was just, it's like my longest running tag, like on the internet, when yep. you go back and your name's not available. That one is the one that's always available so it yeah. just kind of stuck i mean it's got to be the same for iMike for me right that's why it's here i'm 11 years and counting on that i was gonna say this is well over 15 years i'm sure of that name being in existence if not longer and it's just one of those things that's it's always available so it's it's dumb but it's me now and it's it's kind of stuck and if you want to find us on Instagram, Brad is penaddict. I am iMike. And our show notes for this week are relay.fm slash penaddict slash 218. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much to Pen Chalet and, of course, Squarespace for sponsoring this week's show. We will be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>